right, good morning, Faith Church. Man, it's good to see you guys today. Thanks so much for showing up. Uh, I'm excited about today as we continue our new series entitled How to Raise Your Kids. Again, I really hope for you guys, because this has been true for me, that you have been challenged as parents or grandparents, that maybe you're taking a real hard look at who you are as a parent, because parenting, again, is one of the most fulfilling yet challenging things that we do in life. There's a lot of things that we can do, a lot of things that we have opportunity to do, but, but having children, and, and more importantly, raising kids, is absolutely, it's something that can make you pull your hair out, but it can make you smile, but in, through, in, in life, we've kind of discovered that it has a lot of challenges, and so the purpose of this series has been to try to help you and me both to learn how to navigate the difficulties of raising kids. And so we have purposely entitled this series, um, How to Raise, R-A-Z-E, Your Kids, which basically, the reason we've used that word, it means to utterly destroy. That no one starts off as a parent intent on messing their kids up. But if we don't take the responsibility of parenting seriously, if we don't take it with intent and, and really be very purposeful in how we, how we raise our kids, we will raise our kids. If we don't R-A-I-S-E them well, we will R-A-Z-E them. We will mess them up. And so we've just been looking at some things to try to help you discover what this means to raise your kids well. In week one, we said basically this. We introduced you to this verse in the Bible. The Bible says this is our calling as parents, as grandparents, to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And so we've been making this a prayer each and every week, and if you're here and you have parents, um, or if you have uh, children, or if you have grandchildren, I just want you to pray this with me. We've been doing this every week. I want you just to pray it this way. Lord, help me to raise my child in the way that they should go. Will you pray that with me this morning? Lord, help me to raise my child in the way that they should go. What a huge, huge prayer that you can be praying and should be praying every day because we need God's strength. We need God to help us not lose our mind. We need God. Come on, listen, I, I, had, I had jet black hair before I had three kids, honest. Kids will make you lose your mind, but there's a way with God's help, with God's wisdom that we can practically impact our kids. And ultimately our goal that we found out in week one, our ultimate goal is, is this, is to prepare your child for adulthood. That's your goal, is that as long as they're underneath your care, as you invest in them, spend time with them, discipline them, as you do your parenting thing, your goal is to get them ready for adulthood. That when the time comes and they kind of fly the coop and they leave your house, they're ready to be successful in the business world. They're ready to be successful in relationships. They're ready to be successful themselves when they have children. And, uh, and so it's a challenge that we have to take serious. Last week, last week we talked about really what it kind of means as we raise our kids, there are some things that we don't have a lot of control over. Now, I'm a control freak, and so this is hard for me to, to really face head on, but it's true. In raising kids, and if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous uh, two weeks, but you really don't have a lot of control. There are some things that you have really no control over. Uh, there are some things that we have very little control over. But last week, we talked about one area that we have absolute control over in our kids' lives. And it's one of the most important things that helps develop them or get them ready for adulthood. And that is building relationships. And last week, we said this, that the three relationships we need to look at are, are, are their relationship with God, the relationship with us, and the relationship with outsiders. And last week, primarily, we spent time talking about your relationship with your kid. And here's why your relationship with your child is so important. Your relationship with your kid is important for this reason, because the, uh, your relationship equals influence. 
Relationship equals influence. If you want to influence your kid, you got to have a relationship with them. If you want to speak into your kid's life, not just now, but if you want to have a position in their life forever, then it's important that we learn how to build practical relationships with our kids. And last week we talked about what that looks like and what that means and how to do that. So I'd encourage you again to go back and, uh, and check that out. But as we roll on today, um, I had some kind of funny things that happened earlier this week that helped really lead into where we're going. Uh, Donna, my, uh, my assistant, she came into my office and she said, she said uh, Pastor Steve, she said, uh, and I won't, I won't tell you which child or grandchild because I don't want to throw her family out there, but she came in and she, there was a, a, a person in her family. She said, hey, so-and-so just got in a fight at school. And I asked the most important question. Did they win? Here's what's funny is I heard her tell a couple other people on the way to my office and everybody else asked, are they okay? I want to know, did they win? And so she told me, you know, she told me the story about her, you know, this person and her family and that this, they were being kind of bullied and pushed around and, and basically, you know, the, this person responded, they kind of got in a tussle and got in a little trouble at school, but and so I just thought, you know, man, that's, we hear so much about that. That happened on Tuesday. Wednesday, um, I picked my son up from school and find out that he got into uh, not even a tussle, but there's been a kid in, in their school, and he actually um, is, is familiar with him outside of school. But he, this kid is, is kind, of, kind of bullying some other kids in, in different, different arenas and sports and bullying kids at school. And, uh, and so I have, you, again, this is, this is not parenting advice, but this is how I've raised my kids, that you should turn the other cheek, you should look to avoid conflict. However, um, don't start it, but you have my permission to finish it. Come on, somebody. And uh, if, you, if you let someone push you around, they'll keep pushing you around. You need to draw a line in the sand. If you get kicked in, in the rear end, if you get knocked on your butt, at least you stood your ground. And so, uh, so he told me, he's like, hey, Dad, he said... Uh, he said, um, you know, hey, this, this kid, and again, I was already aware of him. He said, we were standing on the, line, on the wall, and my back, backpack and my lunch bag was there, and he kicked my lunch bag, a lunch thing off my backpack, and I told him to quit, and I picked it up, and he did it again, and then he kept kicking my backpack. And I said, what did you do? And he said, well, I told him to stop. And the kid said, well, <clears throat> he said, well, what if I don't stop? And Zach said, well, I'm going to push you. And, uh, and so he said, all right, well, the kid did it again. So Zach pushed him, and the way he pushed him, he pushed him just enough that the kid fell over the backpack and fell. And that was like the end. So I was kind of, I'm going to be honest, it was kind of like one of those moments, you know the parenting moment where you got to be a parent, but in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah. You know, so I was just kind of glad to hear my son stood up for himself. I was kind of glad that, you know, that he didn't just kind of lay there and take it. I was kind of glad. But here, it made, it made me start thinking about this. Let me just kind of pull you guys in. Has anybody else noticed that bullying is huge right now in, in media? Like, well, that's all we hear about is bullying, 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 bullying. And, and, and let, me, let me ask you a question. For all of you that are out of school, how many of you, how many of you here, you knew a bully or you, you were the bully in school? Wave at me. There were bullies. Here's, here's what I want you to think about. Think about this. Listen, in culture, it almost feels like that bullying is at an all-time high. And what I want to propose to you today as we step into week three of how to raise your kids is, is I don't think bullying is at an all-time high. I think resiliency of children is at an all-time low. Which means bullying has always been and will always be. 
The challenge is, in my generation and in some of your generation, some of us here that are a little bit older, kind of just some kids took it on the chin. Some kids kind of, it was just part of, part of going to school. They were going to get picked on. Some of us here, you know, we didn't, we didn't tolerate it. We didn't put up for it. But now, for some reason, bullying is so much in the headlines because, here's why, watch. Because this generation is the most rescued generation in history. This generation is the most rescued generation in history. Let me just give you some examples as we get into this, right? So uh, there's a thing called the hygiene hypothesis. Here's what the hygiene hypothesis says. This is actually in medical kind of stuff. Basically, it says that, that, that our kids, they are so clean... They're so clean now because, like, they never go outside and play. And if they go outside and play, as soon as they come in, like, we're squirting Perel on them, right? As soon as, like, give me your hands. And we start squirting. That's, how many people know what I'm talking about? Like, we keep them so clean and so germ-free that their, that their system is not able to build up a defense. Let me just go maybe a step further because some of you know what I'm talking about. But how many people here remember when you were a kid, like you went outside and played and you climbed trees and, and uh, you rode a bike without a helmet and like you jumped out of trees and jumped off of houses and you like anybody here like just ever dig through the garage and you found a rope and just found some stuff and you went out and made something and it was dangerous and you were going to get cut, stabbed, you were going to bleed or break something that day, but it was the most ma- amazing day of your summer. Come on, shout at me. Yeah, come on. I'm telling you, I'm from the monkey bar, asphalt, no helmet generation, baby. This is true. I was talking to a group of kids. This is about four years ago. And my question was, has anybody ever fallen out of a tree? These kids looked at me like. So I asked the question. I'm telling you, I was shocked. I was like, no one here has ever fallen out of a tree. Someone in the audience said, well, why would you be in a tree? And I said, I said, how many kids here have ever climbed a tree? This is true. There's probably 40 kids in this, in this little environment. Two kids had climbed a tree. I'm telling you, do you know why? Because parents are like, hey, don't climb that tree. Hey, make sure you put a helmet on. Hey, you can't go wrong. And man, we guard our kids and, and we wrap them in pillows and duct tape them so they're safe and they're sound. And we guard them from sickness. We guard them from disease. We make sure they're clean. We make sure they're safe and they're sound. Listen, let me go, let me go another step further. Listen, I come from a generation when you got trouble and when you got in trouble at school, you went home and you got in trouble again. Come on, something has changed because now you get in trouble at school. The kid goes home and tells the parent. Now the parent gets or the teacher gets in trouble. Do you know why, man? Because our kids are so rescued. As soon as the coach yells at him, we jump in, hey, don't you yell at my kid like that. As soon as the teacher tries to discipline, hey, listen, you mind your own business. Don't you yell at my kid like that. And man, we're protecting them and we're shielding them and we're guarding them. We're guarding them physically and emotionally. And they are the most, listen to me, they're the most rescued and the most compromised generation ever. I'm telling you, this generation, we are raising literally our kids we are so protecting them that they don't know how to handle do you know why listen this studies have been done on this do you know why children not children but young adults are not moving out at 18 anymore do you know why this is true do you know why they're not moving out till 22 23 24 25 26 because they've never learned risk and reward because we've shielded them. They're afraid to fail. They're afraid. They're afraid. And so, man, they stay, they stay next. They stay plugged into the umbilical cord as long as they can. 
Do you know this is this generation right here? Do you know, do you know uh, driver's licenses are at a decline in this generation? Because they don't want the responsibility of owning a car. They're afraid to get behind a steering wheel. This is true. I'm telling you stuff. Studies are done on this right now. The most rescued generation. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of parents that are behind this. And what we're doing, we're not, we're not helping our kids. We're hurting our kids. And I want to tell you this just on the front end today. Listen to me. This, I'm going to give you these three words. Uh, uh, fail, don't bail. Come on, say that with me. Fail, don't bail. We need to give our kids the opportunity to fail without us bailing them out at every turn. They need to learn risk and reward. They need to learn that some things are dangerous. They need to learn to kind of step out there, and they might get hurt. It might not go, but at least they're being creative. At least they're stepping out and trying things. But, man, this generation of parents, we are so quick to jump in and bail our kids out from discipline, bail our kids out from responsibility, bail our kids out from getting in trouble. And while we think we're rescuing them, while we think we're helping them, while we think we're shielding them, we are in reality hurting them. And so today for a few minutes, I just want to talk about kind of what it looks like for us as a generation kind of to turn this thing around instead of us bailing this generation out that we learn maybe at some point to allow them to fail. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this. This is uh, that you'll find this in your fill in the blank. Uh, people need to have responsibility and take responsibility. People need to have responsibility and take responsibility. Say that with me. People need to have responsibility and take responsibility. I, I don't mean people just in general today through this series. I mean specifically your children. They need to have responsibility and then they need to take responsibility. In order for you to get your children prepared for adulthood, they need to know that this is how the world operates. That if you're going to live in this world, you have responsibility. Right? You're not, mom and dad, you're not always going to be there to baby them, shield them, guard them, and take care of them. So if our job is to prepare them for adulthood, we need to allow them to know what it is to have some responsibility. And not just have responsibility, but when they fail, when they blow it, when they miss the mark, when they back talk to the teacher, when they drop the ball on the field, when they mess up, when maybe, maybe they even get in trouble with the law. We need to stop being so quick to jump in and try to rescue them and allow them to feel the full consequences, the full weight of their actions. Because I'm telling you, there is nothing that changes character like pain. Come on, somebody. And when we guard our children from pain, we guard them from change. When we guard them from pain, we guard them from change. And so here's what I want to talk about today is, again, is, is giving our kids some responsibility so they have responsibility and they take responsibility. Let's talk about uh, Genesis. That's a story where God makes everything, right? Right in the beginning, God makes Adam and Eve. God makes this beautiful paradise. God puts it all together. And, uh, and you know the story, right? Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Read this with me. It says, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, There he placed the man that he had made. Stop. So God makes all of creation, makes this beautiful planet, and he makes a garden. And the Bible says he places man in the garden. Now, I don't know about you guys, but before I knew very much about the Bible, my mindset was that maybe like paradise, right? Eve or, uh, you know, like it was just this beautiful little thing. And like I thought like the rest of the world was like chaos, but paradise, you know, God, God placed them in the garden. My, my mindset was that like the garden was paradise and everything else was like chaos. 
And so God put Adam and Eve in, in there because that's where it was safe everywhere else. Listen, when God made the world, the entire world was beautiful. The entire world was sin-free. All of it was amazing. So here's the question. Why, if God could have put Adam anywhere in the world, why did he place him in the garden? If he could have put him anywhere, why did he put him there? Verse 15 tells us. Watch this. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden. Why? Come on, read this with me. To tend and watch over it. You know one of the first things Adam got when he, came, when he, got, when he got created? He got a job. He got a job. Adam's like, can I play Xbox One for a little bit first, God? Can I just hang out and watch this new show for a little bit? God's like, nope, one of the most important things you need to do as you experience this big world. Think about this. God was his provider. It's not like he needed a job. God was the one who met all of his needs. It's not like he needed a paycheck to go purchase things. He already had, he had everything he needed. So why did God give him out of the gate a job? Because God understands in order for us to develop as human beings, one of the things that are key to our development is having responsibility. Is to know what it means to have ownership, to take possession of something, for that thing to belong to us, and for us to own it in a way that kind of its success rises and falls on our involvement. And I just want you to know something today, parents and grandparents, that you need to know that your children, hear me, that they need responsibility. And we, we, right now we kind of live in this generation where, where kids don't embrace responsibility. I, I wasn't raised on a farm. Anybody here raised on a farm? Like I used to feel sorry for people raised on farms. Wake up like five, like you'd have to do like more chores in one morning than I would do probably in a month. And you had to do it all before you went to school. Like I'd be like, look, and, look dad, I can either help with the farm or I can go to school. I don't know if I can do both. Because kids shun responsibility. Kids, kids don't, and no matter what you give them, however big or small it is, you know what they're going to tell you? It's too much. My kids to this day, this is true, at our, last, at our last home, we lived for 11 years. My daughters, when we moved there, they were pretty young. But when I would go out and, move, when I would go out and mow the yard, mow the yard, I could have had cows do it, but I mowed the yard. I would have my daughters. After it was mowed, I would get my two daughters. They would each get a rake, and they would help me rake up some grass. Now, I'm telling you, if you talk to them right now today, they have perfect, clear memories of helping rake the grass. But when they tell the story, it's as if they were in purgatory. It's as if they were bleeding from their nails because they had to rake. We had to rake the yard. I'm telling you, listen to me. Kids do not want responsibility, but it is your responsibility as a parent to give them responsibility because in giving responsibility they learn ownership they 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 understand what work ethic means and if they don't have responsibility now and learn how to handle responsibility now they will not know how to handle it when you're not there to guard them the rest of their life come on somebody and so we, we've got to give them this responsibility. We have to help them. Again, people need to have responsibility and they need to take responsibility. This is absolutely a challenge. This word right here, it says the Lord God placed the man in the garden. The Lord God placed. Everybody say placed. In, 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 in the beginning, the first verse we looked at, in verse 7, it says the same thing. God placed the man there. And then here in verse 15, it says he placed them there to tend and watch the garden. This word here in verse 15 is a different word placed 
than in verse 7. This word here literally means to make a deposit. To make a deposit. Do you know why you make a deposit in something? Because you expect a return. Because you expect a return. What God was saying is, Adam, I'm going to deposit you in the garden because I expect a return. I expect with with, with hard work, I expect with the efforts you put in that there's going to be a return from your efforts. Not because God needed anything that man could produce, but because man needed to understand that he had a responsibility in this world. God said, I've given you dominion. This world's yours. You work it out. And I want you to know something. Your kids and my kids are headed into a big, bad world. And if they don't know how to handle responsibility... If they're not given responsibility and they don't take responsibility, they will fail. And so let me just ask you a question, guys. How are you doing giving your kids responsibility? Does your children have daily chores to do? Are you the one that goes in every day and makes their bed? Do your your kids take the trash out or, or do you take it out? Well, Junior works so hard. I know he works hard, but you work hard too. And you learn how to work hard because you had chores when you were a kid. And if you want to raise a lazy generation, then let them be lazy now. But again, if your job and my job is to get them prepared for adulthood, and it is, one of the ways that we're going to do that is by giving them responsibility, by not protecting them, by not shielding them, but giving them something. And they're not always, hear me, listen, they're not always going to do it right. As parents, we need to give them some expectations. We need to give them some responsibilities. We need to give them some expectations. We need to give them some responsibilities. When I talk about expectations, and we're going to get in this more in a minute, but when I say expectations, I mean your expectations can't be perfection. If your expectation to your child is, well, you better never spill your milk, well, then you better never spill a drink either. Listen, I'm just telling you, through this parenting stuff, like, again, I've celebrated, like, God, I've, been, I've done well here. Sean and I, we've done well. I've found some places as I've got ready for this series that I thought, man, I, I can do better. And then there's some places that I, I've not done so well. And I can remember times my kids spilling drinks and me losing my mind. Like they intentionally opened the gallon of milk and just flung it around the house. Now, if they did that, you have a reason to be upset. But how do you know that accidents happen? So you need to give your kids reasonable expectations And you need to give them some reasonable responsibility. Now, let me just tell you, when I talk about this responsibility, that means when you have children that you don't get cheap free labor. I'm just telling you, I I have, I'm I'm just, I'm going to confess. I have intentionally given my kids responsibility so they are better prepared for adulthood. And I have also given my kids responsibility because I didn't want to do that. Can we say that? And so that's wrong parenting. Right parenting is, again, giving them some responsibilities so they can grow. Giving your grandkids, hear me, if, if grandparents, if your kids come over and all you do is spoil them, and all you do is baby them, and all, you're contributing to the delinquency of a minor. <laughs> you're sabotaging the parents' efforts. So don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to invite them in to help wash the dishes. Don't be afraid to ask them to load the dishwasher. Don't be afraid don't be afraid. Now listen, if they're, if they're five and they're out there pushing a lawnmower unattended, you, you know, probably need to rethink that. But start somewhere. Start somewhere. Giving your children. Giving your children regular 
ownership and responsibility. And you can't have it both ways. You can't tell them to go clean their room and then say, it's my house. Go clean your room. Listen, you better stop that. That's, this is my house. That's a confusing Either this is our house or it's not our house. Are you all hearing me? And if it's our house, then it's our responsibility to take care of our house. Because my kid called me on one time. It didn't go so well when she called me on it, but, well, if it's your house, then you clean it. That was rational. That made sense. It didn't feel like to them it made sense, but it made perfect sense. And so here, here's the thing again, guys, watch this. We have to give our kids responsibility and we have to help them take responsibility. So as you give your kids these clear expectations, as you give them responsibility, here's the question. What happens if they don't rise to the occasion? So if you give your kids a set of, a, a set of chores, if you give your kid something to do with, with expectations, hey, here's how I expect you to talk to your mom. I expect you to talk to us with respect. I, I expect you every day when you wake up before you leave school, I expect you to make your bed. Hey, I want you to know trash, that's your responsibility. Every day you need to make sure the trash is emptied. Every week the, 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 the thing's pushed out to the curb. That's your responsibility. Those things are fair. Those things are normal, and you're helping prepare your children. So here's the question. What happens when your children don't rise to the occasion of really having responsibility? Well, that's when you make them take responsibility. And so for a few minutes today, I want to talk about what it means to discipline your kids. Because disciplining your kids is one of the key roles in parenting. And how well you discipline your kids, I'm telling you, it will, it will pan out in how well they learn to walk and survive as an adult one day. And so for a few minutes here today, I just want to kind of just take this challenge head on because there's a lot of us in this room. We, again, kids don't come with manuals. How do, you, how do you make your kids do what you want them to do? How do, you, how do you get them to that place where they'll listen to you? And it's a challenge. A lot of our time as parents, we spend yelling at our kids, saying the same, saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And I'm just here, I want to tell you this. If you keep saying the same thing over and over again, if you're a counter, <laughs> I'm going to count. One, two, three. Now I'm going to really count again this time, and you better do it, mister. One, that's it, time out. Listen, everybody in this room had time out growing up. We had time knocked out. How much time are you knocked out when you don't do what dad says? That was time out. Now we set them on the step. Now there's place for that. We talk about this today, but again, I want you to know something that your children, my children, they need to have responsibility. And when they don't do what we ask them to do, when they fail in school, when they don't maintain their grades, when they back talk to mom, when they don't mow the grass, if it's their turn to mow the grass, if they don't do what you say, they need to learn to carry that responsibility and take responsibility for their life. And so what's that look like for a few minutes? What does that mean? Well, listen, a lot of us in this room, and, and this goes back to last week, again, it's, it's so important that we learn as parents how to do this the right way. A lot of us, we lead from a couple different vantage points. A lot of us, we lead from strength. And when I say lead from strength, here's what leading from strength looks like. We're bigger than you. You have to do what we say, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, but back in the day, especially the, my, my dad, my dad didn't have to say anything. All my dad had to do was look at us. And I knew this could end up bad if we don't do what we're supposed to do right now. Like mom could say it over and over again. Or the threat was if mom would say, well, your dad's going to be home soon. And I always overlooked that part for a little while. And when I got the reminder that dad was coming home, I'm telling you, there's some, you know why? Because dad was, dad was the baddest man in the valley. 
And you better do what mom and dad says. So we leave from this vantage point of, uh, of this strength where we can make our children do what we want them to do when they're small. You can make a kid, you can make them, you can beat them enough. I'm not advocating that. You can beat them enough, you can make them do, you can threaten them into submission. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but a lot of times we lead not from a position of strength, we lead from a position of authority, which means we tell our kids what we can do against them, where like our kids are old enough where they necessarily physical punishment isn't, isn't a great solution anymore. By the way, if, if, if you're into corporal punishment, and I think it's biblical, I think it's okay as long as you do it out of discipline and not out of anger. If you're beating your kid and you're mad, you're, you're spanking them the wrong way. But corporal punishment is, is biblical is if you do it well. But if you're still using corporal punishment and your kid is probably over the age of eight or nine years old, that doesn't work anymore. Pain works when they're young. It doesn't really work. Physical pain doesn't work, especially 10, 11, 12. I hear people spanking their kids when they're 14. All you're doing is hurting your hand. So a lot of parents, they change gears and, and they, don't, they, don't le- they, don't leverage, um, they don't leverage their strength anymore. They leverage their authority. Well, I'm going to take the car keys. Well, no, no more money. I'm going to take your allowance. And it's kind of all these threats. And go back, going back to last week, I feel like the best thing we can do. I feel like the best, not, not that, again, not that there's not discipline, not that there's physical discipline, not that there's not things that we take from, but the best thing we can do is we can, we can leverage our relationship. We can help our kids do what we want them to do through relationship. I want you to know, listen, who's the baddest man ever? Jesus. Can Jesus make us do whatever he wants us to do? Come on, can he make us do whatever he wants us to do? Is there anybody that has more authority than he has? That he can take whatever he wants to take from us. But is that how he leads us as his children? He doesn't lead from strength. He doesn't lead from authority. He leads by relationship. That when we come into a relationship with him and we understand his position and we understand our position, our heart is, we're still rebellious like kids, but our heart is, he leads us through relationship. The best thing you can do is, is learn to build a relationship with your kid that you can help them have responsibility and take responsibility. Let me talk about just for a few minutes here about kind of the different parenting styles that we have in this room because there's, there's a lot. But there's kind of, here's, here's some parenting styles. There's the authoritarian. Everybody say the authoritarian. The authoritarian is the, is the person, is the man or the woman who's in charge. They, they demand perfection. They demand, right? It's, 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 very, it's very heavy discipline. It's very, it's very harsh. So there's kind of the authoritarian. There's the authoritative. The authoritative, the difference between the authoritarian and authoritative. The authoritarian, again, demands excellence. It's, it, children have no choices. You do what I say. You do what I say. And if you're going to raise your child to be a robot one day, then you can be an authoritarian. But if you're raising your child to be a successful adult, being authoritative means you give your children choices. This is hard. But you allow them to have some discussion in the things that you're talking about. doesn't mean you necessarily compromise, but you allow them to have discussion. There's the permissive parent. The permissive parent is the one that kind of the kid rules the roost where the kid kind of whatever he wants, he gets. Permissive parents are the ones that are guarding their kids. They're not allowing their kids to fail. They're bailing them out at every turn, every corner. They're there to rescue them. 
Let me just give you an example of what this would look like. So let's say Miss, Miss McGillicuddy calls you at home one night and says, hey, um, hey, Junior's not been turning in his homework for the last couple of weeks. The, authoritative, the, the authoritarian parents, this is what they do. They get to Junior and they're like, or they tell the teacher, hey, listen, don't you worry about it. Junior's not going to miss another homework assignment the rest of the school year. And then you grab Junior by the arm. Junior, hey, I just talked to your teacher, and they told me you've not been turning in your homework. Listen, I don't know what's been going on, mister, but you better get it straight. Now get to your room, get your book open, and work it out. Now, I don't know about you, but I've parented like that, and I've been parented like that. What What the permissive parents does is this. The permissive parents says... Well, I don't know if you know, but Junior, he has some learning disabilities, and he really struggles, and you just probably need to give him a break. And, you know, probably if you graded on the bell curve, he probably would do a little bit better. And then when you get off the phone, Junior, listen, Mom's going to help you with your homework more. And Junior's in playing Xbox One while you're doing the science fair project that they just told you about that's due tomorrow. Oh, it's getting way quiet in here. And the reason Junior starts turning in his homework more often isn't because Junior's doing more homework. It's because the permissive parent is doing the homework for them. The authoritative parent goes to Junior and says this. Again, clear expectations, clear responsibility. Hey, Junior, listen, I just got off the phone with uh, Miss McGillicuddy, and she told me she's not been, you've not been turning your homework. Hey, what's going on? Tell me what's going on at school. Well, here, I just want you to know, listen, um, you know, you've been playing football for the last couple weeks. I want you to know that your school is more important than your sports, and I absolutely want you to succeed in both. But if for some reason you're not managing your time well, I want to help you. But I want you to know, if I need to pull you from the team in order for you to get your responsibility done as a student, we'll do that. You know what you've just done? You've clarified the expectations that you expect them to do their homework. You've made no excuses for them. And you've given them the choice. You're enabling, you're empowering your kids to make choices. So you're still expecting the homework to get done. But you're saying, hey, listen, I just want you to know, if you need help succeeding, I'll help you. But the ball's in your court. If you don't do the homework and you don't turn it in, you don't manage your time well, then the other free things that you have monopolizing your time, we're going to start pulling those because we want to make sure the main, main thing stays the main thing. That's what it means to be that kind of parent. Now, again, children, man, they're going to rebel. That's what they do, man. Kids rebel. They push the boundaries. They buck the system, and they're great at it, Isn't, aren't they? They're just great at it. They're great at pushing our buttons. They're great at driving us crazy. And so as parents, we have to find a way. we got to find a way to make sure that we're disciplining our kids well. So let me give you four things real quick. Four things real quick. Man, time is flying. Let me read this to you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. says this. For the Lord, read this with me. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child whom he loves delights if you love your children you'll correct them if you love your children you're going to discipline them because it's through discipline that we learn responsibility it's through discipline that we learn what it means to fail it's through discipline that we learn there are consequences to missing the mark and so four steps real quick four steps real quick to discipline your kids number one clear expectations Number one, clear expectations. In giving your kids responsibility and making sure they take responsibility, you got to give them some clear expectations. When I say clear expectations, I mean if you tell your kid to go clean their room and you don't give them any qualifications, how many of you in this room have realized they will never clean the room the way you meant clean the room? 
Do you hear about the kid that, you know, right? His mom sent him into his room to clean the room. Say, hey, listen, you can't go outside and play until you go clean the room. He's like, mom, it's, it's a mess. I can't clean it all. Man, all my friends are out waiting for me. She said, okay, listen, clean half now and you can clean the other half later. And so he goes into his room and he's in there. Man, there's, you hear some noise in there for a little bit. He closes the door and he runs out. And his mom says, you cleaned half of it? And he said, yeah, mom, I cleaned half. She said, all right, you got to clean the other half when you come back. And she, he said, all right. So after he left, she thought, man, he wasn't in there very long. I wonder what half he cleaned. So she walked in there and it was the same mess that it was before he walked in there. And when he came home, he said, she said, I thought you told me you cleaned half your room. She, he said, I did. He said, well, it looked like a mess on the floor when I looked at it. He said, because that's because I cleaned the top half. <laughs> Listen, kids will manipulate the system. You have to give them clear expectations. Everybody say clear expectations. Clear, 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 clear. Kayla and Lauren, I, I want you to wash the dishes. I'm glad they're not here. I want you, to, you need to wash the dishes. You need to load the dishwasher. Now, when they're younger, they would load the dishwasher. You know what it meant for them to load the dish, dishwasher? They wouldn't rinse a dish. There's still, still meatloaf on the plate sitting in the dishwasher. Stuff's all just piled in there. There's no way water's going to touch half this stuff the way they piled it in. And then I would go to them, listen, what is this? This is ridiculous. Do you know why? Because you never take the time to teach a child what you want. They'll never do it as well as you expect it. You have to give them clear expectations. Hey, I want you to clean the room. What does that mean? To some of you, to clean the room means to get out the vacuum cleaner and clean underneath the bed, and it means to, like pull, the, it means to pull the drapes off and stick them in the washer. Is that what you mean? Or do you just mean make the bed? Do you mean vacuum the thing and dust, or do you just mean pick up your toys? Do you all see what I'm saying? You have to give your children clear expectations. Clear expectations. Number two, real quick. Clear consequences. Clear consequences. This is so key to discipline. When I say clear consequences, I mean you need to allow your actions to do more of your talking and not so many words. If you let your kid know, hey, listen, here's what I want you to do. I need you every morning when you wake up, before you go to school, I want you to make your bed and make sure your floor is clear. Make sure all your clothes are picked up, everything's clear. You've given them clear expectations. And if you don't, I want you to know, if you don't, when you come home, you won't be gaming online or you won't, you won't even make it, to, you won't make it to football practice. You give them some clear consequences. If you don't do this, then this is going to happen. You've got to lay that out because you've got to let them know, again, you've got to stop guarding let them know that there are some consequences to their actions because that's what God wants us to know, that there are consequences to our actions. Check this out. Listen to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Read this with me. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always reap what you sow. You know what you're teaching your kid when you hold them accountable to not meeting the expectations? You're teaching them this principle that guides their spiritual life. You're teaching them the same principle that's going to guide their work life. Listen to me. If you don't take disciplining your children serious, they will not succeed on the job because they're going to think they can do whatever they want. They need to understand that there's a person in authority. The person in authority sets the rules. It's your job to fulfill those reasonable expectations. And if you don't, you get fired. If you don't, you don't get raises. If you don't, you get suspended from work. If you don't, listen, they need to learn that and they're going to learn that from you. 
And so we have to get in this place where we are consistently and constantly not rescuing them from, from parents or not rescuing them from teachers, not rescuing them from coaches, not rescuing them from responsibility. I remember growing up, and, and thankfully this never happened to me. I got in a lot of trouble as a kid, but I remember my parents always told me, listen, if you ever, get in, if you ever go to jail, don't call us. Anybody's parents ever tell them that? Listen, if you ever end up in jail, don't call us. You know what they were saying? If you make a mistake, you're going to bear the full consequences of your decision. And when you get out, you can come back home, but don't call us. Some of you, man, if your kid called you, you'd be down there yelling at the police. Some of you, come on, be on YouTube by 6 o'clock tonight. There'll be a big old fist fight, you and your family, going down to the police station, mugging the police, yelling at the judge. couple thoughts here i wrote in my notes um with uh, with clear consequences listen uh, don't go overboard man don't go overboard if your kid don't eat what's 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 um what's being fixed if you're making three and four meals mom and dad listen to me you need to stop it you need to stop it well he don't like spaghetti well this is what's for dinner tonight if he's hungry enough he'll eat it do you know why they continue to tell you they're not eating what you serve them? Because they know you'll serve something else. And when your kitchen becomes a restaurant, that's your fault, not theirs. Well, I can't let them go to bed hungry. What do you think is going to happen? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They'll wake up in the morning and eat breakfast. Well, I fixed them Pop-Tarts, and they don't like Pop-Tarts. They wanted peanut butter toast. Well, they must not be that hungry. I can tell, man, y'all are like, I don't like this. Listen, your, your kids can't go to school and talk to the professor or the teacher. Hey, I don't like that assignment. Give me a different assignment. They can't talk to the boss say, I don't like this job. Give me a different job. Listen, when you raise your kids to, for them to think that they're the center of the universe, don't be surprised when they act like it. I'm running way out of time. Uh, three and four real quick. Three and four real quick. Number three, clear instructions. When your kid... Listen, when you give them clear expectations, you tell them what you expect, they miss the mark, you need to give clear consequences. If you tell them you're going to do something, you need to follow through. If you tell your four-year-old, listen, if you take a piece of candy out of that dish, I'm going to come over, I'm going to smack your hand, then you need to follow through. Don't then count. You told them what you're going to do. Let your actions speak louder than your words. You told them, if you get a piece of candy out of that dish, I'm going to smack your hand. When they reach and grab a piece of candy, don't say another word. Reach over and smack their hand clear consequences then clear instructions then don't just leave and let the kids sit there and cry for the next hour come back and sit down and say hey do you know why dad smacked your hand I, I don't know why you smacked my hand because dad told you you can't have any candy right now you've not eaten dinner i told you if you reached in the candy dish i was going to smack your hand the reason you got in trouble is because you did what i told you not to listen dad loves you you can have candy later you can't have candy before dinner and when I tell you you can't have it, you can't have it. And any time you do what I'm telling you not to do, there's going to be consequences. Clear instructions. And number four, this is the biggest thing, and I'm so bad out of time, is consistency. Everybody say consistency. Everybody say consistency. Listen, you can't discipline one day and not discipline the next and discipline this day and forget them the next. Listen, kids will manipulate the system. They will find ways to navigate through. The best thing you can do is be consistent and not just consistent in your home, but consistent husband and wife. Husband and wife, you got to get on the same team. Do you know the Bible says, I'm talking really quick. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus, when he came, he came, John 1, he came in grace and truth. He came in grace and truth. A lot of parenting looks like this. Mom generally, mom generally is grace and dad is truth 
right? When things start going bad, man, dad jumps in. Listen, I told you not to poof. My dad used to have a belt with, with these things in it. We'd get beat, look like an octopus got a hold of us. And mom would come and go, Jerry, don't hit the kids. Here comes grace. And I'm telling you, man, kids see that. They see there's not unity in the house. And man, I'm telling you, they'll work that system. Do you know Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand? One of the hardest things you will do as a parent is husbands and wives, even if you're divorced, mom and dad getting on the same page. This is how we're going to discipline our kids. This is what we expect, clear expectations. If they don't do what we say, clear consequences. When they don't do what we say, clear instructions. But we are going to be consistent because we want our kids to be successful. I want to pray for you that God will help you not to, not to discipline out of anger, but to discipline out of love because you want your kids to be successful. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, God, help us, help us, help us. With your grace, we're going to miss the mark. We're going to fall short. We're going to mess up. But God, help us to be intentional in our parenting because we love our kids. God, help us to give them responsibility and help us teach them for them to take responsibility. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.